plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, everyone. Happy, happy day. Welcome, Power Partners. It's our informational playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airways under the auspices of Be the Star You Are. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and we're coming to you live On the Voice America Network, this is the Empowerment Channel. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. We're still doing Wednesdays with writers and entertainers, with Authors Guild and actors and artists and other people who have had their events canceled. So please do make a donation. We're also helping with fire relief go to bethestarur.org. This is from Dwight D. Eisenhower. Farming looks mighty easy when your plow is a pencil and you're a thousand miles from a cornfield. And I'm going to get to that in a moment because we're going to talk about in our first segment, Risky Business and what it's like to be a farmer. Coming up in segment two, a very fun novel, If You Tame Me by Kathy Giorgio. It is this unlikely combination of iguanas and parakeets and ex-wives and poltergeists and online dating. It's crazy. A reality TV president um, and different definitions of feminists and new friends, old friends. And it's rather a quite quite little jaunt and um, with quotes in it from Le Petit Prince, which I love by um, Anton de Saint-Exbury. So uh, that'll be in segment two. And segment three, consumers are buying secondhand clothing more than ever before. And why? Two reasons. Top labels, bargain prices. Even major retailers are getting in on the game. So I'm going to give you the who, what, where, and why and see maybe you're going to want to do it as well. Well, um, when you bite into a crunchy apple or you eat a bunch of juicy grapes or you slather butter on your roasted sweet corn, unless you've grown these crops in your personal garden, do you ever just stop and wonder what the life of a farmer is like that provides you with this food? To grow healthy, nutritional produce, farmers work daily, rain or shine, in every season, to provide city dwellers with sustenance. And they only get paid when they sell their harvest. Yet, it only takes one natural disaster to destroy their year-long labors and erase the opportunity for remuneration. It could be a flood, a fire, a hailstorm, rain, um, a pest. Farming is risky business. Now, a few times when I was a child, Our family did suffer the fate of a failed harvest, and the culprit was usually a heavy rain, which mildewed the fruit right before it could be picked. This year, 
The demon were the horrific fires and the unending days of suffocating smoke that smoke-tainted our grapes in our vineyard. 100% of our Cabernet Sauvignon had to hang on the vines to rot because they couldn't be pressed or made into wine. The smoke taint was so pervasive that even eating a single grape was like licking an ashtray. Now, most growers of red grapes throughout Northern California are suffering the exact same fate. So there's not going to be any check in the mail. It's a, a full year of blood, sweat, and tears up in smoke, literally. And over the weekend, just right here, a half a block from my house, we had another fire. Fortunately, the firefighters got got it all out. Um, there were helicopters and planes dropping water. But it was a grass fire, and it was actually started by uh, someone who was using a weed eater to cut the grass. So at this time of the year, even though we need to cut the grass, you really can't use equipment on a dry, windy day because the sparks, they start a fire, and it just went up in flames so quickly. So California has really, really suffered this year. And with global warming and climate change, farms are going to fail. And food insecurity is going to become more prevalent, even in abundant America. And in the face of natural, financial, and social crisis, now more than ever, we all need to learn to be food resilient by reconnecting to the land, growing our own whatever we can to supplement what we buy. And urban agriculture is a buffer to economic instability. It builds resilience through biodiversity and organic gardening practices. So autumn's arrived, and with it, it is the optimal time to plan before planting. You want to start small. Plant densely and use crop rotation for seasonal vegetables. Intermingle flowers and vegetables. Plants need water or they will suffer and die. And until the rains come, which they have not here in California, they have in Oregon and, and Washington a little bit, but until the rains come here, we'll need to observe that to, um, the plantings every day to ascertain that the seeds and roots are not drying out. So before you begin your planting process, planning is essential. And how to plan to succeed in planting? First, you have to prepare your soil. Add aged manure and compost to improve absorption. Soil and dirt are two different things. And unfortunately, in the Midwest, with so much agribusiness and big, big, big farms using lots of chemicals and plowing and tilling, topsoil is has eroded. And in fact, it's said that perhaps by... 2050, there will be no topsoil. So it's very, very important that we learn how to plant uh, with biodiversity to add manures and compost back into the soil and eliminate tilling as much as possible. Group plants according to their watering needs. A succulent garden requires very little water. A still bee and firms require substantial H2O. And then consider the best time to plant. You want your plants to establish a very strong root system while the soil is still warm, yet the days are cooler, but before the winter freeze arrives. So it's a very delicate balance, and you have to keep watching the weather. 
I was hoping that it was going to rain here this past weekend. It had been forecast. And then I was thinking I'm going to reseed lawns and I'm going to start planting some fall, uh, fall bulbs and seeds. But it's like 100 degrees and it never did rain or get cool. So no time for planting. Then once you have planted, you want to mulch with two or three inches to retain the moisture, to slow the growth of weeds, and to prevent erosion. And this can be shredded newspaper, bark, grass clippings, leaves, wood chips, stone, pebbles. And then fertilize right before it rains with organic fertilizer so that the fertilizer absorbs into the roots and soil. Since I have been moving my office, as I said uh, previously, I have had to shred thousands and thousands of documents. And I, after filling bins with, you know, the shredded paper, I thought, wow, no, I need to compost this. So I'm now composting all these, the shredded paper. And I'm going to be adding it to my garden um, and hopefully will make a good rich soil because it does absorb into the soil. Now, vegetarians who are seeking protein through plant-based items can choose to plant lentils, beans, spinach, chickpeas, broccoli, white cabbage, spring greens, and figs. Now, figs have been ripe right now, and they're just a really, really excellent uh, fruit for everyone. Now, my tiny cherry pear tomatoes are flourishing, and I have planted them amongst the amaryllis belladona and the jacobinia, in a planter, uh, planter box outside my kitchen window. So what's so great about that is because they have they have different um, organic kinds of needs, they attract different insects. And so together, they are keeping all the bad insects away. I, and it's so pretty because I have flowers and I have tomatoes together. So when nothing much is colorful in the garden except for the roses and the sage and the crepe myrtles, it's really, really wonderful to be able to go out and pick a few cherry tomatoes for a salad and a couple of stalks of the amaryllis for a flower arrangement, all from the same plot. Don't have to walk very far. And I like using the multicolored pistache berries and arrangements in the fall and my tree is normally filled with them, but this year, the squirrels and the turkeys are claiming them as their favorite dinner, so I'm not kidding very much. So farming isn't easy, but becoming a backyard farmer will be rewarding and supply you and your family with enough produce to sustain you during good and bad times, and even just a little self-sufficiency with your gardening endeavors. It's going to lower your risk of food shortages. And with this pandemic, it is saying that the pandemic is increasing. We're probably going to have a second surge. And uh, food suppliers are, um, are on the alert. It's, it's been a, a bit frightening because a lot of the farm workers have been getting sick. And it's difficult for them to be working in the fields and then, you know, social distancing and dealing with COVID. So here's a few uh, things that you can do in October. Plant clover in your lawn or as a cover crop. As it grabs oxygen from the air, it stores it in the soil. And then birds pecking at your lawn, they're not eating it. They're dining on insects that could be harmful to your lawn. And the birds are your friends because um, when you have birds, they, uh, they indicate that your lawn has an invader. And those birds are going to take care of that invader. So welcome the birds to your lawn. 
And you can reseed lawns or install new sod. If your soil is too acidic, it's add lime for balance because grass needs a moderate pH between 5.8 and 7.2. Again, I don't like to reseed or install anything until I know it's, I'm going to have a good rain. And it doesn't look like we're going to have one for a few weeks. So I have to wait. Make a bouquet of whatever is blooming in your garden. Russian sage and Japanese maple trees add texture and color, as do the green, blue, and rose-colored pistache berries that I was talking about that the squirrels and the turkeys love so much. Now, if you're growing grapes and you've had a lot of smoke or fire in your area, taste them and see if they're smoke-tainted. Normally, the grapes uh, do not taste like smoke, even the red grapes. Um, but this year, especially in California, with smoke that was just, you know, it was just like a smog for almost a month. Uh, the red grapes are like that. Though it usually doesn't affect the white grapes, uh, or I should say white wine, because the skins aren't used. But if there's so much smoke, it can, afford, it can affect the taste of the white grapes. This is the time to divide and dig out your iris, your the rhizomes. If you want to um, add them to other places, make sure to keep a few inches of the leaves on the stems and then bury the roots two inches deep and about 18 to 20 inches apart. And you can experiment by planting a variety of lettuces to keep your salads fresh and interesting all season long. You can even plant in a pot on a, sun, uh, a sunny windowsill and then just snip it often. Clip the microgreens as they sprout, and you'll have some really delicate, delicious delights. Group flowers and vegetables together, especially in small spaces, and you'll have a maximum production that way. And especially, again, if you just have a porch or a balcony or, you know, just a small window area, just, that is a really good way to do it. Add a splashing fountain to attract birds, hummingbirds. It really entertains you. One of my favorite things is just to watch my the birds um, splashing around in my fountain. If you are by hillsides um, or creek beds or any kind of open space, it is time to clean your property of dead branches and debris as fire protection. If you have any kind of berry bushes, including raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, time to cut back those canes. Thin the new canes, weed around the plant, and then mulch with wood chips to keep the weeds out and the nutrients in. And take a walk in nature when you're feeling stressed to kick up your cognitive performance. It doesn't matter where it is, a stroll through a park, a, a jog around a reservoir, make sure you wear a mask um, if you're going to be out in public, or you know, just a, a simple skip through your backyard. It's going to do wonders for your mental fatigue. And happy gardening and happy growing. And when we come back, we will be talking with Kathy Giorgio about her novel, If You Tame Me. I'm Cynthia Bryant. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, 
leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, the party starts now because as part of our Wednesdays with Writers and Entertainers, Authors Guild, Kathy Giorgio is with us. She's the author of five novels, two story collections, collections of essays, and two poetry chapbooks. But her newest novel that we're going to talk about today is very fun. It is called If You Tame Me. Welcome, Kathy, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Well, you know, I I love the cover of your book, and you're welcome, <laughs> by the way. I love that iguana on there and the fingernail with the reddish-orange uh, <laughs> polish. It's so great. But you know what just what grabbed me right off the bat is one of my absolute favorite books in the whole world is Le Petit Prince, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, The Little Prince. Mm-hmm. And right. Of- of course, you took If You Tame Me, and when I opened it up, there you had that lovely quote, but if you tame me, then we shall need each other. To me, you will be unique in all the world. To you, I will be unique in all the world. Oh, tame me, please. And, you know, uh, I, I have to start off by asking, what gave you the idea for this? Because it is rather unusual, you know, to have a your main character buying an iguana on her <laughs> 55th birthday because she doesn't want a cat. <laughs> this is true. And this is one of those odd ideas that, that hit you right as you're about to fall asleep. I, I was almost asleep one oh, night. And that happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, falling asleep. Almost there, and I began to think, well, there's this woman, and she just turned 55, and she's not happy about that, and she is missing a man in her life. She always thought she would be married by now. She was going to be married to a man named Newton because her favorite cookie when she was a child was the fig Fig Newton. Newton. But there's no Newton and there's no children. And she is very proud of being a feminist. And she is wondering, can she possibly consider herself a feminist if she feels her life isn't complete without a man? 
And she doesn't want to be a cliche. So she doesn't want to adopt a cat. So she's going to go to the pet store and buy an iguana. And she's going to name him Newt. And about then, I said to myself, roll over and go to sleep. You have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't even get up and, and write the idea down. I just went to bed. Well, and the next know, morning, it was still there. I was just going to say, that it happens to be one of those ideas that probably doesn't go away from you. It sure didn't. <laughs> I, I, I don't know too many people that have an iguana. When I was in the Galapagos Islands, I mean, I have to say, those iguanas, both the sea iguanas and the land iguanas, were probably one of my favorite, favorite animals, you, especially the land ones. When you would arrive on the island, Thousands of them, it was almost scary, would come running down to meet your <laughs> boat. Have you ever had, seen that? They'd come running down because they had been accustomed to, as soon as they saw a human, they were thinking, well, maybe food is coming, even though you weren't allowed to feed them or anything. So do they make a great pet? I just thought Newt was the greatest pet ever, putting his little white belly up there on, <laughs> on the window and basically waving goodbye to her and putting his mm -hmm. tail around her neck and all of those things. I had no idea that they do all these, this wonderful stuff. I didn't either, and I've never owned an iguana. I did used to work at a humane society. That's how I put myself through college, and we would get iguanas and other lizards in from time to time, and they always sort of scared me. But when I started working on this book, I mean, the research I had to do was phenomenal to understand what is it about iguanas and one of my Google searches was iguana body language. And uh -huh. that's where I learned the most. I mean, I never knew they actually would go up straight legged when they were excited and run to you that way. And so I learned an awful lot about iguanas and I still don't want one as a pet. <laughs> no, well, no. Well, I'm wondering, did her iguana grow to six feet? <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did. Yes. Is he still sleeping in, in the bed with them. <laughs> You know, I, well, yes, if, if I would write a sequel to this, he would be laying next to the bed when he was six feet. Yes. But the, the original version of this was a short story, which ended very differently. But Newt did grow to six feet. And in fact, she bought one of those reclining love seats so that she could extend it and he could still lay next to her oh, <laughs> on the couch. Oh <laughs> well, it's really fun. And what I, there are so many things that I liked about, uh, about the book. And so we'll talk about it. But here she's 55. She's really feeling older. Although it sounds like, you know, she's well put together. But she's kind of not very hip. She doesn't seem to really know exactly what's going on, right? And she has these two young friends that work in the mall with her. She's still at the same store that she, mm -hmm. that she started at. But she has this lovely neighbor. And they just, from the get-go, I wanted them to get together because they just seemed, him with his parakeets, his six parakeets, and her with her iguana, it seemed like they would be the perfect fit. So mm -hmm. tell us about Frank. So tell us how you came up with him. Well, Frank came out of nowhere. 
he originally was just going to be the next door neighbor that she never noticed. You know, here he was sort of pining away for her. And she was so busy looking around trying to find if she could find someone to be with. And she wasn't supposed to notice him. That was that was going to be part of the point of the book was that you never notice what's right under your nose. Right. But right. Frank wouldn't settle for that. <laughs> and I know. Frank's Frank's uh, dead wife wouldn't settle for that. She showed up then too. And so the book developed organically from there. I, I had no intention of them becoming a couple, and I certainly had no intention of writing about a ghost. But that's what I ended up writing about. So Susan just showed up. Is that what happened? She just showed literally, up. Literally. Literally. She just showed up. Yes. Gosh, I wish that would happen with people who have died that I really like. That I wish they would just <laughs> show up. But, you know, it was interesting to turn the page. And, I mean, it, you could just, I could feel Frank jumping. Oh, my God, you scared me. What are you doing here? You know, and then he would feel so comforted by her presence. Uh, he was mm-hmm. so happy that she was there. And it was so sweet the way she really was encouraging him to go for, um, for Audrey. She really, yes. she was like, she was like, I will love you forever, but I want you to be happy. And that brought uh, another thought to my mind is that I feel that no matter what love never dies. And it seems, especially with this pandemic and, you know, 215 or 216,000 people dead now, so many people are grieving one of the lovely things from your book that I had to take away was that love is always there and we can kind of call up, we can call up our loved ones and at least hear their voices. I would agree with that. And, and again, that is, is a theme, ended up being a theme in the book where Frank never really knew to look around for his wife and then there she was and even his first wife who he divorced shows up here and they end up having a very different relationship now but one still based on loving each other and Audrey had to realize hey it could be right next door what I'm looking for Mm -hmm. and isn't that the thing in life is sometimes I mean I, one of the very funny scenes is when she goes online to fish in the sea and she ends up going on that one date with hairless. <laughs> uh, and then when he shows up, I love the way she stood up to him when he showed up on uh, her first date with Frank and she told him basically, hey, you know, hit the road, Mark, <laughs> you know? Yep, I'm done. Uh, this I, is not what I want. No, this is not what I want. Well, um, another thing, so apropos, there's a president in the White House whose name she cannot bring herself to say. Mm-hmm. This is true, that man <laughs> in the White House. That man in the White House. And yes. throughout the book, um, you write about how, you know, Nobody can understand how did that man in the White House get there, this reality TV star who is just messing up our country. How did, <laughs> you know, how did he get there? Uh, and so I thought that was really, was very interesting. And she has a postcard writing party. Um, did that actually happen where people sent in postcards? It did. Did it? It See, did. I wasn't yes. even aware of that. 
Yeah, it, it, it was uh, an idea that was put out. It was spread on social media. It was called the Ides of the name of that president. We're not going to say because I won't say his name either. Yeah. And, and that's what happened was all of these hundreds of thousands of postcards showed up at the White House. Uh, yeah, and so what happened with that? Because one of the things that you write in the in the book is, oh well, all the different people that were writing postcards had different thoughts. So mm-hmm. some people thought, you know, oh, we're going to show him how much we're we're against his anti-female stance and all of that, and other people were like. No, he's going to love this. He's going to think everybody loves him. You know, he's getting more attention. So, right. So what do you know? What the actual outcome was? The outcome was he totally ignored it. There was there was no news from the White House about these postcards showing up. It was all talked about through the people that organized it. And then there was nothing, absolutely nothing about it. I guess that's why I didn't hear about it. Cause I had, I just, you know, yours is the first, um, the first time I ever heard anything wow. about, uh, about the postcards. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, that, that I found that to be very, very interesting there because, so it's actually such a perfect book for right now, since we're only a couple of weeks away from the, um, this election and now, there's also your in your book you have every the women are wearing not the f word t-shirts but right. my favorite t-shirt is the one that uh, let me see let me get it right a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle that's that correct right? okay where did that actually originate because when I was in Ireland last year and I was in Dublin and went to the um, Guinness you know, factory. They have, I don't know if you've been there, they have this whole, they get a whole commercial around it, and they have <laughs> a fish riding a bicycle. Um, they have this whole display, and they have that sign out there. And it was the first time I'd ever, I've ever heard it. Do you know where it originated? It's attributed to Gloria Steinem. And if you look on the internet, everything will say that she said it, but Gloria Steinem herself says she she did not. Right. That's what I thought. Because, I mean, you refer to Gloria a lot in the I do. (laughs) I know. I I love Gloria. I think she's she's just awesome. What is she, 82, 83? I believe so, yeah. In there. And and she is still, um, she's just still so current and still so right on and, you know, I, what I, I, I really believe that we have to stand up for women's rights, no matter what. I'm we very concerned. Do. I'm concerned about this new judge. That she seems like a lovely lady, but way too conservative. I agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But with so, that, with that T-shirt, I own that T-shirt, and I wore that T-shirt when I was in college back in 1978, 79. You did. And I did. And and just like the character in the book, she goes on Amazon and she finds that shirt and she orders it. So did I. I wore it a lot while I was writing this book. Did you and really? Did, I now, did. did you have a friend from college like Clara? Did you have a I friend? I do. I do. I my very best friend from college. Yes, and we reconnected probably about eight years ago via Facebook. Really? And does she wear that T-shirt as well? 
I don't think she does. I've, I've never asked her. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, that's so that's where that scene came from then. So you're actually working on your own life, right? There are things taken from my life that are in this book. Yeah, not not a whole lot. I am married. I've been married for 21 years. I'm just turned 60. I'm not 55. I don't own an iguana. Right. <laughs> How about but, you don't have parakeets. Uh, I, my husband, when I first married my husband, he came with parakeets. Okay. And we did we did own Lucky Plucky, Ducky, Aristotle, and Butch. We did not own Blue Boy. Oh. But we did have all of those. And I, I don't like birds. I can't stand birds. I'm scared of them. Yeah, and you know, because Audrey was kind of scared of birds, too. She was. She yeah. was. And now, 21 years later, we no longer have parakeets. So I, well, I just could not settle in with them. You couldn't settle. You know, um, it's interesting because when I was in college, I've always, I grew up on a farm and I've always rescued animals. And so I was living in a little college going to Cal Berkeley and they wouldn't let me have a dog or a cat. So I did have, I had a rabbit, a chicken, a duck. and. <laughs> And two finches, <laughs> and and like Frank, they do, they did get to run. You know, they got to fly around the little cottage, and they had one little area that they went to where they were like house trained. And I had a tray there, and it was so interesting. They were really clean, and they only went to this one little perch to do their business. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So when I met my husband in um, college, um, it, he. <laughs> He actually had to get used to the fact that he was marrying this farm girl that really loved animals. <laughs> and now, I mean, I have a big aviary, but all my animals are adopted. It's like I, mine too. Yeah, they're all adopted. They were usually abandoned or abused, and I give them a home until they, until they, they're not here anymore. So correct. Yeah, yep. and that's the way. Well, you probably learned that by working in a shelter. I did. Yeah, I mean, growing, I basically grew up in a shelter. I started working there when I was 16 and finished there when I finished with college. So I saw all sorts of things. And, you know, my heart goes out to the animals that are there. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's the best thing that people can do is if you're looking for a pet is to call a shelter and right. save a life. Um, especially now in this pandemic, there are so many people that are ad- adopting animals and I get a little bit, um, my hair crawls when people are going to puppy farms or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, there are so many babies out there that need a home. Give them a home. Right. (laughs) You do a lot of writing. And let me just tell our listeners, if you're just joining us, this is the novel, If You Tame Me, a novel by Kathy Giorgio. And it's just a really, really fun. I mean, at first, you do, you're wondering what who's going to tame who, <laughs> and then you realize we tame each other, and it's just it's such as it's really a compelling novel. So tell us about how you write because you've written many other things. So you mm-hmm. just wake up in the middle of the night and you have an idea, or um, you take things from your own life. Give us a little background on your writing process. Well, I have I have ideas all the time. If anything, it's it's hard to shut it off. 
I get a lot of my ideas from overhearing conversations. Mm -hmm. Uh, My husband is a writer too. And if we go out to dinner, people think we don't like each other very much because we don't talk. We're too busy listening. Uh uh So, you know, we get a lot from there. I am an afternoon writer. I, I own my own creative writing studio. So I teach in the morning. I write in the afternoon. And then I teach again in the early evening and into the night. So I write typically from one to four or one to five, pretty much every day of the week. And are you writing uh, for upcoming books? Are you just, are you writing articles? Is it a combination of everything? I write pretty much everything. Uh, I am working on another book right now. I just had a poetry book released. In fact, the launch was last night. Congratulations. Thank you. And I write a weekly blog. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big believer in you should brand yourself. I am a big believer in you should write what comes to mind. You and know so what? that's what I'm I do. I'm the exact same way. And for me, I have to, I have to write kind of what, what I know, what I believe in, what I'm passionate about. You know, it just seems to flow much better. Yes, but, it does. You know, it just happens. And uh, we're coming to the end, but what about your students? Um, how would people find you? I know I'm going to give out your website, kathygiorgio.org, G-I-O-R-G-I-O, and mm-hmm. Kathy is K-A-T-H-I-E. But, That's correct. Um, as far as students, is it all ages? Anyone who wants to write would tell us a little bit about how you run your business. Sure. The studio's name is All Writers Workplace and Workshop. It is an international studio. We are worldwide. We take all writers, which is why it's called that, of all genres and all abilities. So whether you are just putting your first word on the page or you've already published several books, you have a home here. And so you can find us at, in all one word, allwritersworkshop.com. And you can also find it if you look me up, look up Kathy Giorgio on the internet, you'll you'll find All Writers. We have both online and on-site courses if you happen to be in Wisconsin. Right now, because of the pandemic, everything is online. Right, exactly. And it's probably going to be online for quite a while now, at least Uh, This is where we're finding here in California. I mean, kids are still online. Nobody's back to school. Uh, Different states are different, but um, yeah, and different parts of the country. But uh, again, so the name of the novel is If You Tame Me. Kathy Giorgio is the author. Her website, kathygiorgio.org, K-A-T-H-I-E-G-I-O-R-G-I-O. And then uh, if you're a writer or want to be a writer, you'd like to get in on a workshop. She has a studio that is called All Writers Workshop. And you can find that allwritersworkshop.com. Or just look her up. You know, she's on Facebook and Twitter at Kathy Giorgio. Also at the Authors Guild. So you can find her through there. But you really do have a, a, a lot of writing. Does your husband help you with, um, or is it a business for both of you? Are you both it, teaching? It's it's my business, but he teaches for me. Okay. <laughs> I like that. That is definitely a feminist. You're the boss, right? We know who the boss is, yeah, yes. You're the boss. I love it. <laughs> well, Kathy, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm just looking at the cover now. I mean, it really makes me want to uh, have an iguana. I mean, I've never had a, 
I have tons of lizards, um, not as pets, but just in my garden, uh, mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds. And I have water dogs and newts and snakes and, you know, all kinds of things. But I've n never had an iguana, but I, I love it. It might be time. I know. Newt just seemed like the greatest thing. All right. And just before you go, did your research say that the iguanas can actually become like a feeling pet? I always thought of them as cold-blooded. Yes, they can become a very feeling pet. And they, they are very warm to their owners and very attached to them. Oh, that was so, well, that really makes sense because he became very attached to Audrey. Yes, he and did. Frank and to Bob. So, okay. Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for coming on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Once again, her website, kathygiorgio.org, and the name of this novel, If You Tame Me. And make sure when you go to her website, you check out her other books. And as she said, she just launched her new book of poetry. So if you love poetry, then you should uh, pick that up. Is, is that one that no matter which way you look, there's more to see? That's correct. Yes. Okay. That's the one. All right. Kathy, thank you for coming on Star Style. Be the star you are. It was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Oh, you're my pleasure. My pleasure. Best of success with the rest of your writing. Thank you. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay with me. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about secondhand stuff. Maybe you want some. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are. Change your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites, here's Cynthia Bryan. Do people feel a personal connection to you? Human beings want to feel connected to other people, and work is a logical place to have that need met. After all, we spend more waking hours at work than in any other activity. Does the working environment allow for and promote the development of strong working relationships? The people who do the work have a valuable perspective. They have ideas, and they'd like to share them. You don't need to implement every idea or accept every solution, but if you're open and ask for and value the ideas, some will make a difference. And the process of asking will engage people in powerful ways. You're the star of your own production. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. Be the star you the annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 
376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. .org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show well, we're back at Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. So this is really a fun book. Um, if you tame me, if you like Le Little Prince, Le Petit Prince, by San Antoine, by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, which I love it because throughout you just feel that connection about the importance of relationships. Um, if you're a feminist, and they make he, she makes it so clear that a feminist doesn't mean women; it just means anyone who believes in women's rights. That it's so it's a fun book, and of course, this iguana is absolutely darling. I love this iguana. So. Um, suddenly, many top name retailers have begun selling used apparel. And if you are the type of person who could never imagine yourself buying used clothing, it might be time to reconsider. Many major retailers, including Nordstrom's and Macy's and Patagonia and REI, they are all now selling lightly used clothing and or they're planning to do so. And among the most recent arrivals is the biggest U.S. retailer of all. And guess who that is? Walmart. They started selling used clothing from popular brands online. And what's really behind the boom is a shift in consumer sentiment. sentiments. About 70% of women polled by online retailers said that they have bought or open to buying used clothing, and that's up 45% from four years ago. The bottom line is value. Here is a way to get top labels and great designs at bargain prices. So it also helps that many new buying opportunities have emerged beyond the neighborhood thrift shop, which was something that I just, I loved in high school and college. I never had the money to actually go into a store and buy something. And so I, if I didn't sew it or make it myself, I would go to thrift shops, buy things that were fabric I liked, and then remake them. And so it's interesting to see how it's come full circle now and that these really fancy places um, are actually selling all the used, um, the used things. So if you are ready to explore, uh, well, you have a lot of buying choices, but just remember to research any return policies, which often come down to no returns and no exchanges. So you want to read the merchandise descriptions really closely, and especially the notes about an item's condition and the me uh, measurements. So some of the major retailers that are selling this, um, of course, is Walmart. So you could go to walmart.com. And then you select clothing, shoes, and accessories from the department's listing. And then there's going to be a listing that's called pre-owned. So that is one that you can do. Another one is called thread up. 
Other retailers with online used clothing stores include Eileen Fisher. And Eileen Fisher, um, I think, the no, the website is Eileen Fisher Renew. So there's going to be two R's in there, .com. Patagonia, they their website is wornware.patagonia.com. Urban Outfitters, you can just go to urbanoutfitters.com and then the, you'll do a forward slash or you'll do a search. And they'll have a curated vintage clothing area. And then REI, it's, REI made it really easy. They just did REI.com forward slash used. And of course, brick and mortar stores are also doing it. And there you can find them if you're if the Macy's or Nordstrom's or JC Penney's is open where you are. All of these have sales of pre-owned clothes, and um, especially now with the pandemic, there are a lot of people are doing their buying this way. And then there's secondhand apps and other sites. Now, ThreadUp, Poshmark, and uh, TradeZ are three of the most established apps, but there are dozens, dozens more, like the Real Real, Depop, Vinted, and Mercari. Now, men's clothing sites includes Menswear Market and Grailed. You can you have to create an account, and then you can use the filtering tools to shop by size. You can also filter by garment type, price, newest listings, and more. So. Um, you can buy a lot of different pieces online that you probably could not afford anywhere else. And, uh, and that way you can, can also go evidently, I haven't done any of this online stuff, but you can evidently um, look at things and you can put an alert on it so that if the price drops, then that you will get an alert. Another way is eBay. You might've been doing that already. So the best way to navigate the site's massive number of listings is to search for something specific, say vintage Diane von Furstenberg dress, and then you can screen it by size, price, condition, color, and more. And Amazon might do this too, because of course Amazon has um, a big resale uh, business in books and other kinds of items. So you might be able to just find things by typing in what you're looking for. Uh, now, social media platforms, you can use Facebook Marketplace to see what locals are selling. I know that this past few weeks when I was moving and I had furniture that I wanted to donate and get it to the fire survivors that had lost their homes, um, I went on uh, Facebook Marketplace, and then I also, even though I've never been on Nextdoor, went on Nextdoor, and right away people popped up that were looking for things, you know, or churches popped up that were looking to give. So that's another place um, that you might want to see some, you know, just scroll down, and you can see what other people are selling. And usually it's really for a good uh, a good price. And then on Instagram, you can use hashtags to browse like Michael Core bags, for example. So you would do hashtag Michael Core bags and then tap to buy items for sale. So look for the purse icon to buy through Instagram checkout, which will give you purchase protection on many items if sellers don't deliver. And 
even Pinterest is doing it. You can search and tap on shop to find merchandise or look for the shopping tag icon. So those are just all kind of good ways um, for you to find things that you really might like that is secondhand and is uh, less expensive and maybe something that you would never buy. And I can just tell you one of my greatest buys, but it's a, it's a long time ago, at least 20 years ago, uh, I had a red carpet thing I had to do for a movie that I was in. And I needed a really fancy evening gown, but who, you know, it's not like I had the budget for that. And um, the, the, um, the production company wasn't going to be paying for it. But I found a absolutely stunning Halston gown, an original handmade Halston at a, um, a high-end cons uh, consignment store that was actually an opera, a San Francisco opera consignment store. And I got this spectacular gown for, I think it, the total cost was $100. And which $100 seemed like a lot of money at that time, but the gown was like a $10,000 gown. And what's fascinating about it, it was one of the best purchases I ever made because I wore that in several movies that I was in many, many times when I had to go on a shoot and I was asked to bring wardrobe for a specific scene, every single time the wardrobe mistress would pick my Halston gown. So that gown was in more movies with me. Let me just give you a quick secondhand glossary so that you'll know the common abbreviations and then we'll wrap up the show. So um, if you see EUC, that means Excellent used condition. NIP means new in package. NWOT means new without the tags. NWT means new with tags. PP means they take PayPal. RV means retail value. And TTS means true to size. So hopefully that's helpful. And you know, hopefully you'll be able to find something that is really, really worthwhile. Well, that is our show for today. Make sure if you haven't signed up for the census, evidently today is the last day. So be counted. And then don't forget your vote is very, very important. Um, there are so many issues that we're concerned about. So I urge you to vote for respectful, decent people. And thank you for being great listeners and allowing us into your life every week. Make sure you're tuned here to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. I like being your personal growth success coach. I know you can change your life and make your dreams come true. And hopefully we're bringing you some interesting authors and entertainers that will help you change your life as well. For more information about me and Star Style Productions, Visit CynthiaBryan.com, that's CynthiaBryan.com, to make a donation to Be The Star You Are, to help with Wednesdays with writers and, and entertainers, or to help with our Super Smart Sundays, which we're doing as part of Operation Disaster Relief. Please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. 
Our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you're already the star you dreamed of becoming. And cherish the past, dream of the future. But especially now, celebrate every moment of your life. With this pandemic and everything that's been happening this year, we have no idea what's going to hit us next. So read a book this, this week, and I really suggest If You Tame Me by Kathy Giorgio. And just remember, until we celebrate next week, that love always wins, kindness will prevail, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be your unapologetically authentic self. Go out into the world. Be the star you are. Thanks for joining me and be here next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.